Most people think that they are choosing between the good and the bad. In reality, they are choosing between being mediocre and becoming truly great. Welcome to the Next Action Podcast with your host, Brian Wallace. In 15 minutes, we'll help our guests catapult from their current situation to a path of greatness. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Brian Wells here with the Next Action Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in for a nice short 15-minute bit that you can actually consume the entire thing driving one way instead of being tortured, driving up and back and up and back for work for an hour-long thing. We get cut right to the chase. Speaking of cutting right to the chase, I've got my good buddy, Bernard Reese today. Very happy to have Bernard on the show. Bernard is committed to providing unbiased. We're going to understand unbiased means not pushy and salesy with a specific kind of product, like a lot of salesmen uh, might trick you on (laughs) sort of a thing. So unbiased, integrated expert financial and tax solutions. His focus is establishment of tax sheltered accounts. For those of you who don't know what some of these words mean, don't worry, we're going to get a little deeper into it. So tax sheltered accounts, IRAs, 401ks, QRPs, and so on. Through Reshore Financial, you can get the most cost-efficient, flexible, tax-sheltered investment accounts that give you total control over your money. How are you today, Bernard? Thanks for joining the show. Brian, doing great. Uh, This is a great start to the day, and I'm really excited about being on the next Ashton Podcast. Yeah, sir. So let's hit it. So I feel like uh, a lot of marketers, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business people listen, but uh, and I think especially in America... Finances are so taboo. People are just clueless. So many people are in debt, living month to month. If they missed two paychecks, they'd be on the street. It's a disaster out there, regardless of the economy. And that drives me insane. So I'm very excited. I'm sure a lot of other people, we've had a number of financial people on lately, but I think this is a little bit different angle that people can really dive into. So let's talk a little bit. I know you and I were talking about beforehand about formal education versus self-initiated learning. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Glad to. Uh, When it comes to anything financial, uh, but broadly speaking, in any endeavor that you may have, there are two types of education uh, that are absolutely necessary. Um, There's a kind of education that you get, you know, from formally sitting, reading books, um, sitting in school. Uh, But in order to actually excel, you have to take the initiative in anything that you do. There's a world of real knowledge uh, that you can only accumulate if you sincerely are interested in the subject, interested in pursuing it, and interested in getting a broad and deep knowledge. Uh, so if you have just a degree, uh, but you don't have that drive to really educate yourself through other sources, uh, that kind of purely conceptual knowledge is going to be deficient. Uh, but at the same time, before you get out and learn the world and real, you know, get that actionable insight, you need the solid foundation that comes from um, schooling and reading textbooks and reading, um, you know, things that have been put out there by people, those that have gone before you. Uh, for me personally, uh, that means that, you know, as a CPA, as somebody that has a range of licenses and designations, um, that's formal education. But I think what's more important is um, the sincere interest I take um, and others that are similar to me um, in educating themselves constantly um, through interaction with the world around them. Yeah, I think it's a healthy mix of the two worlds. I think if you're just book smart and it's all academic, uh, it doesn't always work so well when we have rubber meets the road. On that note, um, could you think of any specific books maybe that you think some people, just to get the proper mindset to even think about how to ask questions to reach an expert like you before they talk to you? 
Uh, that's an awesome question. Uh, there are so many books that are out there, so many books that I have read, so many books that I continue to read. Uh, some of them are financial in nature, um, and some of them are not. Uh, a great book, uh, which I would encourage people to read, is a book by Burton Malkiel, um, and that is A Random Walk Down Wall Street. That sounds like a fascinating read. It's tempting to just stop the recording and read it right now, but the show uh, must go on. It's it's a great book, and I know we you know we've we've got a time constraint, which is great because we want to give people you know action packed uh, segment. Uh, but that's a book that really you should read. It covers very comprehensively, um, and it also was a book that was not very popular on Wall Street uh, because it kind of pulled the rug out from under their feet and f- emphasizing how so much of what's promoted. Um, in the financial marketplace is really not in your best interest. It's ultimately about generating profits for the salespeople. Uh, Wall Street fought that for decades. Uh, today, they've come around. They've kind of lost that battle, uh, more or less. And t- today, very you know, any financial advisor, so to speak, you know, anybody that goes by that title that's worth their salt, will no longer try to sell you this stock or the other stock. Um, they're going to point you to index funds. And they're going to acknowledge that, hey, there's really nothing that we can do for you. We don't have, there are no miracles. Um, if we try to pick stocks, we're probably just, you're going to end up behind. That's a losing proposition. Um, so that's a game, that's a get book today that has been embraced. Um, they don't want you to read it. Financial advisors want you to read it because then you're just going to say, hey, I don't need you at all. Uh, but that's more or less the conventional wisdom today. But it took a long time to reach this point. Great points. And I love that you brought up that specific kind of a book, even though I haven't read it. I, I definitely understand what you're saying. And I think that with any product or service, really, Bernard, and I'm sure all of you would agree, to have a good accountability partner as a client, an educated and savvy client is much better. And you'll have better aligned expectations as opposed to just randomly, I want more money, save me more money. And then they will have no idea how to appreciate you or the right questions to ask. So speaking of which, Let's talk a little bit and dive into understanding where a person stands within the financial marketplace. Because like you said, Wall Street has uh, kind of had some bumps along the road. Now they have to be a lot more transparent. They know that they probably aren't going to get anywhere doing specific pump and dumps and stock picks and financial meltdowns withstanding. So how do people know where they stand, man? Uh, so that's a, a good question with a really easy answer. Uh, Because the truth is, when it comes to the financial marketplace, it's just the same. It's identical to any other marketplace. Uh, The challenge that we face is recognizing that we are standing at the center of a marketplace uh, with vendors hawking their wares. Uh, Because in the the financial world, um, you don't actually hear people hawking things. They don't sound like they're yelling out, you know, buy this product for this price um, and it's at a sale and get this item or grab that item. Um, And you don't have that cacophony around you. You're generally sitting across somebody. Uh, that's presenting themselves as an advisor. Uh, But if you just take a step back and recognize that, no, this is a marketplace and this is just the way the vendors look within this space, that'll give you the proper perspective. And the financial marketplace is the same as all others and they're just selling different tools. Uh, So if it's a life insurance agent, you have to recognize um, all paths must lead to a life insurance sales. If you're dealing with a stockbroker, all paths ultimately, you know, as circuitous as the route may seem and the extent of other financial discussion they have with you. Um, but the back of their mind, it's always, how am I going to get to the sale? Um, we're all humans um, and we're all you know, salespeople to one extent or another if our livelihood depends on that. So a person has to recognize that the financial marketplace is exactly that. And there are no tools, there's no one size fits all, and there's nothing in there that's better or worse than the other. It's more about 
aligning them with your objectives. So what I tell people is you have to recognize that you can't just walk into some advisor's office and say, uh, take care of me financially, uh, because that's asking to be taken advantage of. Uh, you have to be educated and recognize that you are the one that's going to bear the ultimate rewards and consequences of your financial choices. Uh, you must involve others. Um, we can't be everything to everybody all the time, but you have to, just like in an organization, there's a an hierarchy. You have to recognize that you are the board of directors. You may have corporate officers that you delegate to, uh, but you have to exercise that oversight. And to exercise that oversight, you have to remain educated, um, ask tough questions uh, so that you get the answers that you need, so that you can make the choices that are aligned with your goals, uh, because you're going to one that's going to be you know, recognize the rewards. Um, so you be your, and you are ultimately in the decision-making seat. So never subordinate your judgment. Right on, man. So we've got about five minutes to go and folks, that's why they call them financial advisors and not a brain transplant. It's still ultimately your decision. So since we are dealing with the human brain and a lot of things are financial and technical, and a lot of other things are emotional, where I think a lot of people end up making their decisions, fight or flight, right? Let's talk a little bit about how these decisions are multidimensional. Uh, that's, let's, let's try to, let's talk about something say that I am dealing with right now. Um, and, it, you know, helping somebody transfer wealth, multi-generational wealth. Um, so there's, you know, most people get to me initially through the IRA, 401k component, because they want to use one of these accounts to invest in some sort of private investment, um, uh, that they won't be able to do through the traditional financial advisor or brokerage. Uh, but I'm also involved with helping people with an array of tax and financial challenges. And this is a fellow looking to transfer some assets to the next generation. Um, he consulted a estate planning attorney and he says, comes to me, says, Bernard, you know what? I know you've got some perspective here. We've spoken a bit in the past and I, I just want to hear, do you have any other solutions to present? And I said, you know, we'll, we'll talk about other solutions that I may have that you wouldn't get elsewhere or from an estate planning attorney, but let's review the plan that they've present, they've put together for you. And in reviewing that plan, um, it emerged that to achieve very specific objectives, um, it's effective. But there were multiple unattended consequ unintended consequences uh, that your traditional estate planning attorney would not be cognizant of. Um, so a structure that was presented as costing just a few thousand dollars to implement actually had hidden costs of tens of thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars per year. Um, you know, that the attorney is not, you can't expect him to be cognizant of that, but there are just so many moving parts, uh, that you have to be able to take that integrated approach. Um, and the second thing was, interestingly enough, we were able to achieve the same result results without using a trust. Uh, so when you, you know, when you go to any type of professional, um, you have to recognize that you're going to be getting their unique perspective, uh, based on what they do and what their practice focuses on. Uh, but you may be able to achieve the same results or superior results by taking a more global uh, perspective and recognizing that a move that you make in one area is going to affect your tax and financial structure in so many different ways. Um, and you have to be able to account for all of those to know the true cost of any structure or to develop um, a structure that at least attempts to address as many of those points as possible. Right on. So I know we're kind of rounding the last couple of minutes here. So rapid fire, <laughs> not an easy question, but we all want to make money. We all want to save money and we don't want to go to jail. So how do we use tax sheltered accounts for tax planning? Just generally speaking, I know not, we have two minutes to go here. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk fast. 
So tax sheltered accounts come in multiple flavors, but at the core of it is Congress said we need people to save for themselves. It's capitalism at work. Um, the IRS, the government is not looking to be money managers. Um, they recognize that it's best that they put things to the control of the people, of the individuals, and trust them to make the best choices for themselves uh, because Social Security is not going to do it. You want long-term savings, you have to think ahead, and Congress knows that. So Congress created these vehicles where you can put money in and you can invest in a tax-favored way, um, and this way accumulate funds far more rapidly. And when you think about any investment, the greatest cost is usually going to be taxes. Taxes will account between 30 to 50%. And over time, that drag of paying out annually 30 to 50% of your profits costs you millions of dollars. Um, so to be able to invest without paying taxes um, lets you grow that nest egg that much faster. Uh, so you can use those to plan for the future. Or you can use them as part of your tax planning. If you have an investment that you think, hey, maybe do really well. Um, so it may not be part of your retirement plan, but this investment will benefit from being tax sheltered. So you can leverage these accounts and put that investment in there. Uh, now, the thing that I focus on and that I try to convey to people is, again, Congress is not involved in your investing. Congress is really silent as to what kind of assets can go into these accounts. Congress is putting that on you and trusting that if we incentivize individuals to save, um, they're going to choose the best investments based on their best judgment. Uh, so you can put nearly any type of investment in there. But if you get that account set up through a financial advisor or through a traditional financial brokerage company, they will artificially restrict what you can invest in because their profit source, they generate their revenue through their investment platform, through having your assets under management, through selling mutual funds, or through getting profits on your trades. So there are there's the tax component, which is the account. Congress gives the account. Uh, but then there's the investment component, which Congress is silent about, and we're used to getting in a financial marketplace. And recognize that it's on you to mix and match these accounts with the type of assets that you would like to choose. And that type of asset may be anything. Um, and if you want to have unrestricted access to these funds to invest as you see fit, then you have to get a specialty uh, provider such as Reshare Financial to establish that account um, so that you can put in any investment that you choose. Right on, man. Fantastic info. It looks like we've reached the end of time here. Bernard, you've been a fabulous guest, dropped tons of knowledge that a lot of people I'm sure will find extremely valuable. So if they want to reach out to you, where can they find you out there on the web? So our website URL is 401kcheckbook.com. Uh, but what I'd say is even more effective. You can just Google Reshare Financial or even Google my name, Bernard Reese. That's Bernard Reese, R-E-I-S-Z. You'll get a wealth of resources, a wealth of information um, at your fingertips by doing that. And that's probably the way to find the most comprehensive set of resources about this topic. Awesome. Thank you so, so much.